All around the world, people are floundering. There's something missing, something more that they just can't grasp. Do you feel it too? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Every week, host Kevin Monroe will help you navigate to your true north and flourish in faith, business, and life. You found us for a reason. Stay tuned to find out why. You're listening to the Higher Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Monroe, and it is my privilege to welcome you to episode 28. In today's episode, we're going to continue the topic we began last week. Now, it's not necessary for you to have listened to episode 27, which was called Transforming Your Life, Work, and Service Through Servant Leadership to benefit from today's podcast. However, if after listening to this episode, you've not yet listened to episode 27, it's my sincere hope that there will be an earnest desire burning within you to go back and listen to that episode now. For the last eight years, I've had the privilege of sharing servant leadership with all kinds of leaders in all kinds of organizations, and I've been fortunate to work with leaders from over 50 countries. Now, that doesn't mean that I've traveled to all of those countries, but I've had people from 50 countries attending sessions I've led in uh, North America, all over North America and Europe. In many instances, I was actually introducing people to servant leadership for the very first time, and that is something I am so excited to do. A few years ago, I began surveying audiences about their level of familiarity with servant leadership just to understand who was in the audience. In every audience that I've had, there's significant numbers of people, sometimes as many as half or more, saying they have little or no awareness or knowledge of servant leadership. Now, here's what's interesting and never ceases to amaze me. And I noticed it beginning with the very first formal session I ever led on servant leadership. It was about this time of year. I was facilitating a retreat for a board of directors of an international trade association. I remember the mountaintop setting where we were located just outside of Phoenix, Arizona. It was a beautiful, pristine location. I was there to help this board consider what it would mean if they applied servant leadership to their work collectively as the board of directors, as well as individually as board members. It was a remarkable session, and it was transformative in its effect. At the end of the day, one of the participants shared a comment that has stayed with me ever since, and it's the inspiration for today's podcast. She said, while we've never heard of servant leadership before today, these concepts fit us like a glove. So here's what I've observed as I've reflected on all of this work that I've done in servant leadership. While many people have never heard of servant leadership, they're actually servant leaders. In other words, once they discover servant leadership and hear the philosophy, its principles and practices, they realize it, servant leadership, is the way they lead or at least the way they aspire to lead. So it's kind of like they're secret servant leaders. They were servant leaders and didn't know to apply the label to themselves. Now, I believe that certainly is applicable, or at least I hope it's applicable to anyone listening to this podcast. If you're a regular listener, 
and I hope you are, or will soon become one, then more than likely you're what I consider a purpose-powered person. Now that's my label or my preferred label for what some people call purpose-driven. And it's a difference that I'm going to explore in a, a future episode. So more than likely, you're purpose-powered and people-focused. So if you are purpose-powered and people-focused, then more than likely, you're practicing some tenets of servant leadership, whether you know it or not. It never fails to happen, or at least not yet, that among the audiences that I'm privileged to address who say they have little or no knowledge, there's always at least one person, usually more than one, that tell me that's them. Hey, and, and, you know, there's this look, there's this smile, big smile across their face like, wow, it's not just me. Now that I know there's a way, a, a philosophy of leadership that people subscribe to, and I'm one of those. So they realize I'm not the only one, and there's a way for them to do this more consciously and consistently, which we'll talk about later in the podcast. So that's kind of the backdrop that inspired me to share what I'm about to share with you. Now, before I jump in and you wonder where I'm coming from or where I'm going with my approach, let me share one more piece that sets the stage for today's podcast. You may know that I live in the Atlanta area. Atlanta is also home to one of the world's most famous and successful comedians, Jeff Foxworthy. And if you know Jeff Foxworthy, you know that Jeff, one of his shticks that has made him famous and that he's actually gotten millions of miles out of, both mileage in terms of the content and miles on airplane sharing the content, is this line, you might be a redneck if. And Jeff cracks audiences up around the world with, with his humor around you might be a redneck if. So the other day I was thinking, what if I applied that topic, that approach to the topic of servant leadership for this episode? You might be a servant leader if. Okay, so I'm not trying to be funny. I, I, I have a good sense of humor, or I like to think so. Uh, but I'm not trying to be funny with this approach. Uh, I'm not trying to make you laugh, but I am trying to take a lighter approach to the serious subject of leadership and share some of the traits and characteristics of servant leadership in practice. Along the way, I'll share some insights on servant leadership. Uh, some of these, and I'll make several references to Robert Greenleaf. Now, if you don't know the person or the name Robert Greenleaf, he's quite a big name in the circles of servant leadership. You see, Robert Greenleaf is actually the guy credited with coining the term servant leadership in an essay he penned in 1970, Ser The Servant as Leader. Now, there's a story I love about this essay that he just penned it and self-published it before self-publishing was really the cool thing to do and published 200 copies and disseminated it to a circle of friends and contacts. And from that, those humble beginnings launched this global movement known as servant leadership. I find that fascinating. Now, Robert Greenleaf was very clear that he did not invent servant leadership. He kind of codified it or began discovering it and writing about what he discovered. But he was clear that he did not invent it. It's been around for thousands of years. So here we go. Number one, you might be a servant leader if you set out to change the world and you ended up leading the charge. Now let me explain. 
Robert Greenleaf noted that the premier characteristic of a servant leader is the desire to serve. To serve first, he actually said. So he looks at servant leaders as those that did not set out to land a leadership job. They weren't looking. You, if you're a servant leader, weren't looking to to have the corner suite or to be at the top of the leadership pyramid or or, uh, org chart, you know, however you envision that. You wanted to make a difference. And as you were busy doing good work of serving others, leadership found you. And doors were open for you to begin leading. And Robert Greenleaf talked about the conscious choice servant leaders make. They serve first, and a conscious choice leads them to leadership. And and it broadens the platform you have for serving others. So you started out serving and you added leading to your service. That's a sign you might be a servant leader. You might be a servant leader if you think and talk we more than me. You see, Here's how I define servant leadership. It's a people-centered approach to life and leadership that puts other people at the center and places the needs, growth, and development of those led ahead of those leading. So if you find yourself thinking, typing, talking, we more than me, or the plural pronoun more than the singular version of the pronoun, you might be a servant leader. It's all part of the mindset. Servant leaders see life and leadership as bigger than being just about them, being just about me. And so they're frequently talking and thinking in the we context. If you're doing that, it's a hint you might be a servant leader. You might be a servant leader if you believe and invest in the development of others. Robert Greenleaf said this, a short little phrase, but I just love it. I am in the business of growing people. The amazing servant leaders I am blessed to know take great delight in the development of others. And there's so many stories I could tell here. A few years ago, I was privileged to work with Disney. And and the gentleman that brought us into Disney talked about the boss that had developed him years before he had been introduced to servant leadership. And then he had the opportunities to work for a great servant leader who was on the senior leadership team at Disney. This guy's boss took him to the senior management team meetings of Disney and allowed him to be the one to present the work and ideas of he and his team. Ultimately, it led to him being part of the senior leadership, the senior management team of Disney. So that idea that servant leaders invest in the development of people As Cheryl Batchelder described it in her book, Dare to Serve, she talks about servant leaders shine the spotlight on others. So you might be a servant leader if you invest in the development of people and if you believe in putting other people in the spotlight. Here's another one. You might be a servant leader if you actually take joy when people you've led in the past pass you on their leadership journey. I imagine some of you have witnessed this firsthand. 
you have seen people either grow very jealous when someone that they had hired into the organization gets promoted beyond them, or you see someone that's willing to celebrate and, and be genuinely happy for the success of someone that they hired, brought into the organization, trained, equipped, mentored, and that person now goes beyond the person that brought them into the organization. Hey, that's what servant leaders do. That's how servant leaders operate. They take delight when people they've invested in blossom and grow and even go beyond them. They take pride in others' accomplishments rather than being jealous or feeling threatened by it. They celebrate being a part of their journey and contributing to the success of those they've helped develop. So that's a key. Here's another one. You might be a servant leader if you measure your leadership success not by how many people are following you, but by how many of those following you actually become leaders. This harkens back to something Robert Greenleaf called the best test of servant leadership. And I quote, Do those served grow as persons? Do they, while being served, become healthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous, more likely themselves to become servants? So it's what I call the virtuous cycle of service. Do the people you lead and serve go on and lead and serve others? Seeing followers become leaders is something to celebrate. And it's not something to fear. It's something to celebrate. The next one, you might be a servant leader if you take a little less of the credit and a little more of the blame than you may actually deserve. You see, servant leaders don't throw people under the bus. Servant leaders actually shelter those they serve from stuff that's rumbling downhill from above in the organization. They don't look for scapegoats. I love the language Jim Collins used in his book, Good to Great, when he was talking about level five leaders, which Collins himself has admitted he could have just as easily called servant leaders, but he wasn't so comfortable with the term, and the team of chimps, those that helped him with the project, weren't so keen on the term servant leaders because servant leadership does have a bit of a marketing challenge because some people object to thinking they're servants. Side note, Greenleaf was really clever in, in combining servant leader the way he did. And it's my belief, and I know Greenleaf shared this, that when you lead someone by serving them, you elevate the act of service. Serving does not diminish you. It enriches you. So to be a servant leader is not diminishing. Now, let me get back to what Jim Collins had said. In the book, Good to Great, he talked about when praise comes the way of a servant leader, they look through the window and they're looking at others to pass that praise on to. They're thinking of who it was that pulled the all-nighter or the all-weekend or who it was that toiled away on the task, and they're passing praise along to them. Likewise, when some degree of criticism or blame comes their way, Collins talked about these leaders as looking in the mirror. They were accepting what, what you know uh, General Eisenhower said, the buck stops here. You might be a servant leader if you value what others have to say more than what you have to say. 
Okay, I may have just stepped on some toes there, I know. Just yesterday, I saw a post from Gary Ridge, CEO of the WD-40 company, and a person I admire and respect as a servant leader. have had the opportunity to interview Gary a couple of times. The title of his post caught my eye. The dumbest guy in the room is the smartest CEO. And he was talking about being on a trip, and he and a colleague... That were they were faced with a supply chain problem, and I believe it's there in India, and they end up in a, a on a train seated next to someone who happened to be a global expert on supply chain, and was quite talkative, and they listened and gained a lot of information that they may have otherwise paid thousands of dollars to access. So here's what Gary said, quote from the the article. There's a ridiculous part inside all of us that is driven to clue the world in on how much we know. When we override that drive to hear ourselves talk, we give ourselves the chance to hear others, other people talk, and then we stand to learn something. Wow. Servant leaders value and recognize the contribution of wisdom from others. Now, that's a great segue to the next one. You might be a servant leader if you listen first and talk less, or talk later at least. Again, from Greenleaf, I love this quote. Only a true natural servant leader automatically responds to any problem by listening first. Now, listening is not something many of us do naturally. We have to work at it. Have you ever been in a brainstorming meeting and the leader of the group or the leader in the group, the highest ranking person that day, says, we're here to get our best thinking about this particular issue and then proceeds to say, here's what I think we should do. What happens to discussion at that moment, right? It ends. Very few people are going to share Ideas that are counter to those that senior person just mentioned. In the same article I just mentioned from Gary Ridge, he talked about the the wise leaders he knows and their direct reports keep their mouths shut when that brainstorming session starts. They let others in the room talk. They give room for others to talk because that's the way you harvest the best and brightest thinking of the people around the table. However, if you'll discipline yourself and you learn to hold your comments and just listen, you tap into gold. Two quotations I want to share with you along this line. One of those comes from Larry King, the great interviewer. Larry said, I remind myself every morning that nothing I say today is going to teach me anything. So if I'm going to learn, I must do it by listening. If I'm going to learn, I must do it by listening. And then perhaps my favorite quotation on listening in the whole world comes from journalist, Canadian journalist Richard Ford. And and this is an insight Richard developed after years of interviewing people. When people realize they're being listened to, they tell you things. I want to repeat that. When people realize they're being listened to, it's not just the fact that you're listening, but when you're listening so intently and all of a sudden people realize you're listening to them and you you don't have an an ulterior motive or an alternate agenda, you're genuinely interested in what they have to say and your eyes, your ears, and your whole body's keen in that you're listening, they lean in 
and they tell you things. Isn't that beautiful? You might be a servant leader if you prioritize the practice of presence. Okay, some of you are going to say, you got to say that again, Kevin, and you need to unpack that. What do you mean? Okay, you might be a servant leader if you prioritize the practice of presence. What do I mean, the practice of presence? Folks, in today's world, perhaps more than any generation before, it is so easy to be distracted. Most of us are never far from our chief distraction device, a smartphone. Your phone vies for your attention, and many of you give it your attention over a hundred times a day. Now think back to the last time you were in a conversation and the person with whom you were conversing all of a sudden is looking down at their phone, gives you the, the sign, you know, puts up their hand, and looks down and they're reading a text or reading, responding to some kind of message. How did that make you feel? I can tell you how it makes me feel, and I know how it makes my wife feel. Not good. So your attention, get this, listen to me now, your attention is one of the greatest gifts you have to share. I invite you to be lavishly generous with your attention. Next time you're in a conversation, be all there. Be all in that conversation. Turn off the alarms on your phone. I've turned off the alarms on my phone. Turn off your phone or turn your phone over when you're having a conversation. Keep it on silent. Rarely is the notification on your phone more important than what than being present to the person in front of you. I remember a story Dave Ridley of Southwest Airlines told me in an interview about Herb Kelleher. Herb Kelleher was renowned as a great servant leader and the founder of Southwest Airlines. Ridley worked for Kelleher and was constantly amazed that at employee gatherings, Herb would give his full attention to the person he was talking to. Dave told me a story that there was a time they were at a, uh, an employee appreciation event in Las Vegas, Nevada, and there were lots of people lined up to talk with Herb and, you know, get a few moments with Herb. And there was a mechanic that's telling Herb some story. And Herb was dialed in, listening. And never once did Dave see him break eye contact or give the guy the signal, hey, you know, there are other people in the line. Look past him, beyond him, to all the others. He stayed attentive. Now, I want to tell you, your eyes signal your interest and your involvement in a conversation. So I invite you to think, how can you practice or prioritize the practice of presence? Be present with the one conversation that's most important going on in front of you. You might be a servant leader if you savor the significance of small acts. Perhaps one of the most amazing things I've learned in my journey, this servant leader journey, is that little things matter most. And you never know what little thing is going to matter most to whom when. You'll just be surprised. This was driven home to me about five years ago. Uh, again, about the same time of year, I was working with a group of leaders from Latin America. At the end of a session, a gentleman came up to me and he asked, may I tell you what impacted me most from today's session? Well, of course, I said, yes. You know, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm wondering. 
I'd love to hear it. Now, instantly, my mind was racing. I was thinking about some of the content of the day. And to kind of rehash back to one of those previous points, I was thinking, what was it I said that was so brilliant? No, 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 no. But, you know, you're thinking. You're just wondering, was it something I said? Was it an activity we led? Was it an exercise? What happened next blew me away. This gentleman, he said, it wasn't anything about the actual meeting. It was the way you greeted me when I walked in the room. You looked me in the eye. You shook my hand. Now, wait, there's more. The payoff line of what he said next is when I was totally blown away and you could have pushed me over with a feather. So let me go back. Here's what he said. You looked me in the eye. You shook my hand. I don't do that for my people, but I am starting now. Okay, folks, I'm still amazed when I recall that conversation. What a little thing. And I got to tell you, that's not anything I can take credit for. I owe the credit to that to my mom and my dad, who at a very young age taught me how to greet people, taught me how to look people in the eye when I speak to them, how to shake their hands and give them a thorough greeting. Recently, I was working with a group of leaders, and we were discussing this point about the the importance of little things, and a lady in the room shared something. She said that, that months before, maybe even years before, she was on a trip, business trip, with her boss to Savannah, and somehow they're in some store, and they see something, and something's mentioned about caramel apples. Now, years later, there's an occasion that this boss wants to commemorate and, and do something special for this employee. And what did they do? They ordered caramel apples from that store. Now, folks, that is amazing because that's somebody that was paying attention when a moment of a little thing happened, tucked it away in their memory, and some years later pulled it out and acted on it. So that is the power of little things. Well, I just shared 10 things. You might be a servant leader if. I'm curious, how did you do with our little servant leader quiz? As we walked through this list, did you find yourself nodding your head or saying, hey, that's me? I bet you did, and I hope you did. And I believe probably more often than not you were doing that. Like so many people I encounter and have encountered, you may not be fluent in the language or the philosophy of servant leadership, but at heart, you really are a servant leader. Here's what I've observed. In the purpose-powered, people-focused, planet-preserving companies, I've had the privilege of serving on their servant leader journeys. And if you're wondering about all those Ps I just described, that's what some people call Uh, the triple or quadruple bottom line. In addition to profit, they're purpose-powered, people-focused, and planet-preserving. You may know them as conscious capitalism, if you're familiar with the conscious capitalism movement, and they're advocates of servant leadership. So when I work with companies like that, what I discover is this is how their best people lead when they are at their best. And my work is to help them do that more consciously and consistently rather than accidentally and sporadically. And when we help people make that transition where they're doing the things we discussed in in today's conversation, these principles or practices of servant leadership, 
When they do that consciously and consistently and servant leadership becomes part of the organization's culture, well, as they say, that's when the magic occurs. And that's the goal many companies are working towards. So I hope you've enjoyed this lighter look at servant leadership. If you are on that journey and looking for help, I'd love to have a conversation with you. I'd love to know more, see if there are ways I can help you or be of service to you and your organization. You can email me at kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com or I invite you to call me 678-744-5111. Again, the telephone number is 678-744-5111. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Would love for you. I invite you to leave a a review on iTunes. That helps others find the show. Remember, you are meant for more. Don't settle for less. That certainly applies to your life as a leader. And when you are leading by serving, you are accessing the more that's meant for you. Until next time, I'm your host, Kevin. If you've connected with a story and you want to learn more about servant leadership and practice the skills you need to serve your team, company, and community, go to servantleadershipyear.com and join the community. That's servantleadershipyear.com. 